I am the Dirty Doc Darcy. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know that I represent the fabulous free birds in Beverly Hills. The sexy Bam Bam Beverly isn't able to make it tonight because of a snowstorm. So I'm very sorry, people, that we got to face our opponents, too, on three. <sighs> Dirty dog, Hayes, I'll be your partner. It's me, David Von Hills. I'll help you. I'll give you my body tonight. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Pastry, Minnesota, moved all over. Main event status radio with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, 90210, and the Dirty Dog Dirty. Welcome back, everybody, to Main Event Status Radio here in the Reunion Center in Dallas, Texas, December 25th, 1982. I am the Dirty Dog Mercer. <laughs> Joining me, unusually, Beverly Vaughn Mercer. <laughs> I am the bow tie on your tuxedo tonight, Dirty which, Dog Mercer. Which I very enjoy, Beverly in- Vaughn Mercer. <laughs> In this third week here in Dallas, you know, I spent all my money uh, in the first two weeks. I have uh, now joined the World Class Championship Wrestling crew. I'm a cord wrangler. I'm chasing around the cameramen while they are filming the action. Um, luckily, I'm on a break here to talk about the uh, the Christmas Star Wars 1982. That's fine because I too joined the Reen crew. I am the <laughs> dude behind the cameraman counting down no, for Bill me. Mercer. Oh, okay. God, Sorry. I'm, I'm counting down Bill Mercer. Tell him when he has to go on air. Oh, you're the producer. That's what, pretty impressive. I'm what, just a cord wrangler. Well, what can I say? I got my Reen bell ding ding a ling I'm just making sure Bill's ready to rock and roll, homie. Ring a ding dong, brother. So, like you said, this is our third week down in Dallas. Beverly, how do you like being down in Dallas so far? It's good stuff. My favorite, I'm hanging out with my favorite old white-haired man. He's still wearing the all red on red. It's starting to stink a little bit, but we only got one week left, so I think I can handle him for another week. I think so you can, too. And the old lady, the better with aged lady, she's kind of she's kind of smelling a little bit, too, but, yeah. <laughs> She has to be brought back to the nursing home soon, so I'm not going to complain. Nursing home? I think well, you're... See, the nursing home are back with us, so... I think you're underestimating that poor, lovely lady. I wouldn't put her at more than, like, 45. We can talk about her uh, off-air, Beverly Hills. <laughs> all right, all right. So, obviously, this weekend, you know, with this episode, is Survivor Series weekend, so I hope you guys are uh, getting a little bit excited for Survivor Series. We... May or may not talk about it next week in the episode. Since Well, spoiler alert, you're going to watch it. I'm not. Then you're going to say, Beverly Hills, have you watched it? And I will say, nope. And then we'll talk about what I heard. Okay, but there is a chance, <laughs> Beverly Hills, there may or may not be a, an extra voice or two with us. Oh, right on, right on. And I'm hoping if this actually happens, you know, if the pl- our plans actually happen, 
I'm hoping our surprises may or may not watch Survivor Series 2. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see if now we, we, there might be a little bit of Survivor Series talk next next week on the episode. Well, well, well that'd be good because chances are I will not watch it. But anyways, and I will also talk about my experience at the Fozzie concert. Ooh, I'm excited for that. Yes, I'm excited too. Since out of all, all the wrestlers I've been able to see Russell perform live, uh, all my all, all my favorites, Chris Shirk is is the only one I haven't seen. Well, then, you know, since he's on and off again, it's, I have a higher chance of seeing him perform in Fozzie than in, in the ring. So I'm excited to finally check check that off my bucket list. Good stuff, man. But we might as well get into this, Beverly Hills. Let's do it, brother. Taped Christmas Day 1982 in the Reunion Arena. Rough, a rough estimate for the attendance, 18,000. Okay, good, good number. This seems a lot Bigger deal than the two weeks worth of episodes that we watched so far. Well, it is. This is one of the biggest shows of the year for them. Probably the biggest. Christmas Star Wars is usually the biggest show of the year. So I wanted to ask you, Beverly Hills. Yes, sir. I know the territories was huge on running big shows on Christmas Day and Thanksgiving Day. Right. And since, you know, with this episode, Christmas, or not Christmas Day, I'm kind of excited. Thanksgiving Day, it'll be a few days later after this episode drops. Yes, sir. How yep. huge was wrestling on Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day back in the 80s? Well, it seems like a pretty big deal. It seems like people were willing to devote their holiday nights to going and seeing wrestling. Uh, and, yeah, I know we talked about, obviously, Starcade and then Survivor Series have, were on Thanksgiving. This one's on Christmas. I'm sure other places ran uh, big shows on the holidays, so yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, cause I, I'm kind of sad that nowadays wrestling doesn't do this, but I guess here in the United States, it's like football kind of took that over yep. right around the time wrestling kind of had had the downfall, I guess, in the early 90s from in the popularity in the United States. That's actually the, yep, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, fo- at least for Thanksgiving, football's taken over big time uh, for that. And I just think um, in general, people are less willing to like go out to things on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, I think they're more apt to just stay in and maybe watch things on television. So I think that's another reason. Un- understandable. So yeah, th- yeah, this is episode 53 from the WWE network. Aired on Monday, December twenty seventh, nineteen eighty two. Got it. And the little, uh, what you call it? It a little couple of sentences about this episode is the Freebirds team up with David Von Erich to go after this WCCW six man tag team title, eighteen man battle royal pole match with King Khan Bundy. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the spoiler, WWE Network. Uh, really appreciate that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which broke my heart that yeah, WWE Network spoiled that David oh, and Eric teamed sir. up with the Freebirds. <laughs> yeah. So we may as well get into the show that Bill Mercer welcomes us to the reunion center in a tuxedo and a red bow tie. Yeah, he was looking dapper. But yeah, he tells us that, that, that there's a six-man take team title on the line for the first time tonight. Okay. And there's also Battle Royal on a pole match. Then we go into the classic WCCW theme song. 
Beverly, Beverly Hills. Yeah. To me, it looked like Bill Mercer was standing in front of a green screen. No, he's standing just in front of some green chairs. Okay. Because <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that because my note was it looks like Bill Mercer standing in front of a green screen. Just green chairs. <laughs> That's the because the, the Dallas Mavericks who play in Reunion Arena, their colors are green and blue. So that makes sense. I guess that explains why we we're seeing a lot of green and blue and. A lot of plaid down here in Dallas for our <laughs> vacation down down here for these four right weeks. Up. Right on, man. So for the commercial break, we see my favorite PowerPoint slide. Going over tonight's card. <laughs> tonight's card. World-class six-man take team championship. And Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts versus Mike Sharp, Ben Sharp, and Tom Steele. You got it. And Sharp, Sharp Steele. Yes, and the $10,000 pole match battle royal. Yes. I yes. feel like Vince Russo's around here, Jack. <laughs> you know, I think Texas, though, traditionally was were able, I don't know, are willing maybe more so to bend the rules a little bit with tradition and kind of go for that stuff beyond, you know, the simple cage match or something like that. They're willing to kind of step out on the on the edge and, uh, you know, do, do things like, um, like these pole matches and whatnot. Yeah, because I, I felt like this was at least unique that, you know, this unique kind of match. You know, I'm not going to, you know, it's, well, I guess it makes sense, you know, it being on Christmas Day or on a big holiday and seeing a bunch of guys, you know, giving them a payday and having an ultimate prize like a $10,000 check to wrestle for. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it may, to me, it makes sense. But when I saw this, I felt like, you know, it reminds me of, that dying days at WCW and Vince sure. Russo. Sure, yeah. So yeah, so we met out. Can you talk about the backstage interview that we experienced? I sure can. Okay. So we got David and Kevin Von Erich. Uh, David is looking like oh no, David's got a cowboy hat on. He looks like ten feet tall because his hat. Kevin's got this like leisure suit shirt on. It's unbuttoned. He's got the gold. Chain. He looks like a freaking uh, 70s matinee idol. Um, so they're just talking about that they can't be in the six-man tag team match uh, because Carrie's in the NWA title match later. Um, this shows me what happened to that tournament. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering the <laughs> like same went, thing. Kind of just went away. Just We just kind of picked two random ones. And it kind of went from... It seemed a couple weeks ago that they were talking about just that it would be teams from WCCW. Now it seems like it's like one representing each area in the world or something like that because they say that the Freebirds are representing America and Sharp Sharp and Steel are representing Canada. I don't know. It's weird. But, yeah, yeah go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I was kind of confused on, you know, on who was who for the Von Erichs since I'm not – that familiar familiar with the Von Erichs. Yeah. But I did figure out after I think when Kevin was the second one who started to talk out I, I yeah. figured out who, who was who after that and I can tell that the interviews weren't really there strong soon. No, not at all. They they were able to coast really on their wrestling ability and also kind of the name value too. But um regardless David has my favorite line of this interview when he goes 
I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's balloon. <laughs> I, say, I don't want him to blow up any smoke up at my balloon either because I don't want my balloon sustained. Butt, butt or pipe or something like that, but my balloon, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, um, and I don't know. I, I don't really like this promo. Um, they come across as heels, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I know we can beat any six-man tag team in the world. Um Whenever whoever wins, we're gonna beat whoever wins. Uh, Kevin closes up with one of these days we will be the champions. That doesn't sound like baby faces to me. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess it makes sense now. I guess since we know what happens next week, right? And all that, but I guess you know, it is. I guess we can say they're planting seeds on what's about to uh, come. But I don't I think they really knew that, though. Yeah, I don't know. I think you need to you need to play like um, like it's not going to happen. You need to play like it's just your you know you're cheering on the Freebirds. Wish we could have been in it, but we can't. You know that should be it. Yeah, but I guess it'll kind of seem that you know the Freebirds, you know, not Freebirds, the Von Erichs weren't really great on the mic. You know, yeah. but I, I know if like ter- different territory, most of the territories in back in the eighties, promos weren't really what mattered. It was the action they were in. So different, I guess I can't promos. really complain too much about the Von Erichs not being great on the mic because that's not what brought people to the sportatorium every week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it depends on who, you, which territory you're in. Like Georgia, Florida, Georgia and Florida were both big talking territories. Um, other places, though, different things are important, yeah. Yeah. But I guess before we go into the first match, Beverly Hills. Okay. Let's pull up our PowerPoint su- slide coming up. World Class 6-Fan Take Team title match. And <laughs> let's go to a quick commercial break. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. You gotta love new WWF figures with real wrestling action. Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. DiBiase lands a million dollar punch. Match Hulk Hogan against the Macho King, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, my elbow smash will finish Hogan, guaranteed. Hogan slams him again. Match Andre the Giant against the Ultimate Warrior. Andre will squash the Ultimate Maniac. WWF figures so close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring. Can I get one of those woo tickets? Excuse me? One of those woo tickets. It's not woo, it's Introducing Ric Flair's new woo scratch off ticket for the North Carolina Educational Lottery with a top prize of a hundred thousand dollars. It's enough to make anyone say woo 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 woo. And we're back. Thanks for uh, getting through. We got the PowerPoint slide back up, and uh, right now, coming up, four exclamation points. We got the Freebirds versus Team Canada, if you will, uh, for the six-man tag team championship. All right, and they're all in the ring. What does my main man, Michael P.S. Hayes, say? Before we get into that, Beverly Hills, I have to mention, since I've been mentioning the last two weeks, this match is a 45-minute time limit match. Okay. And because of what we will see after this, I have to open up my 1982 <laughs> Mellow Yellow. 
Oh, see this? I I would have waited for the other one, and I'll tell you why in a bit. Okay, we, we, you can tell me why when we get to it. But right. we we get Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and a missing buddy Roberts. Yeah, just, just Mike, the two. Michael Hayes grabbed the mic and told everybody, "Merry Christmas." <laughs> and gabbed a little bit, saying that Buddy Roberts is unable, uh, unable to make it from Atlanta because of a snowstorm. Well, no, 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 no. Michael Hayes says that Buddy's stuck in Denver, Colorado. Oh, for some reason, I thought he said uh, Hotlanta. Mm-hmm. He says Denver, Colorado. The their mystery partner says Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So someone is confused as to where Buddy is. I don't. Yeah. I hope Buddy made it because people are looking for him all around the country, and they don't know where he is. I guess I'm confused too, Beverly Hills. So Mark went up for the dirty dog is the dirty confused. Tell <laughs> yeah. tell us. I guess since I was confused, tell us what Michael Hayes said. So he says that Buddy is in Denver, Colorado. He's trying to get here. Uh, he really wants to fight for the six man. So he actually says he really wants to fight for the six world man tag team championship. <laughs> um, but they're ready to go two against three. Uh, me and my brother have never backed down from a fight in our life. And then ah, ah, the crowd's going wild. Why are they going wild? Who's out to help them out? David Von Eric. David Von Eric. He said that he will replace Buddy. And knowing that if needed, the Freebirds would come cover the Von Eriks if something like this happened for them. Yes. Yep. He said that Buddy, uh, even though your brother Buddy is stuck in Atlanta, uh oh, where is he? Atlanta, Colorado. Um, he tells Michael that he's going to give them his body for this match. Because bef- before we go into this match, <laughs> I was—I've been tweeting back and forth a few weeks back with David Bixenspan from WrestlingObserver dot com. He helps Brian Alvarez out writing out Figure Four Weekly. You know, because right. I was trying to get some information about you know the Freebirds and the Von Erichs and all that and world class. Since you know we're gonna spend a few weeks down here in Dallas at the Sportatorium, I wanted to. I guess gain some knowledge on my own instead of just relying on you, Beverly Hills, being the historian of the podcast. <laughs> that yeah. he, I guess the Von, or the the Freebirds came into WCCW only a few months before this. Okay, yeah. So I I feel like with uh, David coming out and the you know and all that and the Von Erichs kind of ru- giving the rub to the Freebirds trying to help put them help build them up in the eyes of the fans since. The Freebirds haven't really been around that that often yet. Yes. I think just to help build up, well, also help build up the six-man tag titles and to help build up their future opponents. Right on. At least that's what I got from David Bixon's span from a few weeks ago. I can I can do that. I can see that, yep. So, You're right. Yeah, and I, I guess my note was about this beginning of this match was it was weird to hear the Freebirds our faces don't in Texas. Yeah, right. Right on, right on. But I'll let you get into the match, Beverly Hills. All right, cool. So they're facing uh, Mike Sharp, who you, I'm sure you've seen before. We've yeah. seen him actually on our show here. Yeah, he is, he would become a, a well-known jobber in the WWF in the 90s. Right on, yep. 
Um, ben Sharp, who is mostly known as Kelly Kaniski, Gene Kaniski's son. Okay. And then uh, Tom Steele, whose, I guess, mo- biggest claim to fame is uh, being Cousin Junior for a time uh, in the WWF. So, And they're all billed from Canada as uh, Canada's team here. And as they're being announced, I just noticed that the Freebirds and uh, David were doing some really weird stretches in the corner. <laughs> like, they're all just, like, spread out. Like, their arms are inflated. They're jumping up and down. I'm like, what's going on in the faces corner? They're all just stretching here. <laughs> I guess to pull a line from Jumping Jim Ross, that I guess they're being goofier than a baccoon. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, so in the first portion of the match here, uh, Iron Mike and uh, Gordy start out kind of the battle of the big men. Um, they're, they're locked up. They push back and forth. Uh, Gordy's able to kind of knock Mike back a little bit. And um, that segment kind of ends just uh, Mike is stalling. He's walking around the ring. Um, anything to add there for that first part of the match? Well, I guess I had a question for you, Beverly Hills. Okay. Sure. I noticed, I didn't notice before the previous two weeks of TV with the six man matches. How often did they have two referees in the ring? I believe this is the first one. Okay, because I, I do think it is good catch. I was going to say something about that too. Because I noted noted that that I don't remember the previous six man matches that if they had two referees, one was outside the ring, not both in the ring at the same time. Yeah, and especially what we'll see, especially what we'll see later on the match, I feel like there'll be too many men in the ring at once. I wonder if it's because Bronco Lubich is such a shitty ref. Yeah, like he can't even like do anything by himself. He needs an extra helping hand. Yeah, yeah I, did, <laughs> I did note that Terry popped uh, steel in the face, and the crowd pops for that. Oh, good call! Oh wow, I'm so excited to talk about <laughs> you. You you pop you pop the microphone, Beverly Hills, because of that. You did something that stupid Bill Mercer did. What? And it's not your fault because stupid Bill Mercer did it. That's Mike Sharp, not Tom Steele. Okay, he called, I... He called Mike Sharp Tom Steele not once but twice. I, he needs to talk to these guys and ask what your freaking name is I, before he starts just calling everybody <laughs> the wrong name. I am happy you called me out about that because halfway I, through me of my notes, I did say I am confused on the guys. <laughs> I think I have them figured out, but I have no, I am not for sure, for sure. And I'm hoping that you, you got each guy in in line. Yeah. Mike, Mike Sharp's the big one. Um, just in trunks with the curly hair. Uh, Ben Sharp is the one in the blue trunks, the skinnier one, and then Tom Steele is the one in the singlet. Okay. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry I was confused. Okay. Damn you, Bill Mercer. I've been hanging out with you too much the last few weeks. Beverly Hills, please continue. You know, we've been giving Bill Mercer a lot of credit these last two weeks. He was garbage this week. Garbage. I feel like, I feel like since... People hate on Gorilla Monsoon, Daddy-O. I feel like, you know, with what you just mentioned about calling Bill out about not having his names confused, I feel like Bill Mercer, Gorilla, and Vince McMahon are are from the same tree of play-by-play men. I'm being confused on who 
The wrestlers are. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Gorilla and Vince at least know who the people in the ring are. True, true. All right. <laughs> so, Please continue. Okay. So this, yeah, around this time, Hayes uh, first comes in, and uh, he's kind of house of fire with a running knee. Um, he's taking it to Mike Sharp, not Tom Steele, stupid Bill Mercer. Um, takes in David. David is – I. I for uh, somehow Mike took over. I wasn't sure if he bit him or he, or he pulled his hair. It kind of looked like he bit like his armpit. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to talk about the bite the armpit because, well, I guess we may as well. Beverly, what would hurt worse? The bite okay. the armpit or what we talked about last week, the, the clawed the armpit. Ooh, I got to think it's the bite. I got to think yeah. it's it's the it's the Mike Sharp bite. Yeah, because I, I don't think the fingers would well, I guess if you had fingernails, that would hurt probably mm. just as much. But, yeah, I feel like the biting would hurt more. <laughs> right on, right on. I know Mercer did mention when David got in the ring that he is the Texas heavyweight champion. Right on. Which um, I, I'm happy he has got something right about the, during this match. Yeah. Um, okay, this is kind of just like a tangent, but I got to think that there had to have been three better guys to put in the ring with this, because this is a pretty big deal, this match here. It's the first six-man tag championship match. Gotta, I got to think there was a better choice for three people out, than Sharp Sharp and Steel. Out of, out of what we've seen and who we thugged and bugged with so far down here in Dallas, who would be the best opponents versus the Freebirds? Well, I would have picked that that Bundy spoiler Irwin team, I would really have liked to see them at some point. But um, I guess maybe if you're thinking is that you want three guys who you don't want to see again, because like the Freebirds are uh, turning, sorry, spoiler. So you don't want to spoiler the wrestler. No, no spoiler <laughs> the thing. Um, and like you, do, you don't want to give away or whatever. You don't want people who would want to rematch or whatever. But I just gotta think there's someone. There are three wrestlers in the country or the world that you can bring in uh, to do this and to job for these guys, other than uh, Sharp, Sharp, and Steel. Because I like Mike Sharp. He actually comes across really well here, and he's a lot better than you know the future jobber that we've. I think grown accustomed to, but man, Ben Sharp, Kelly Kaniski, not good. Uh, Tom Steele, all right, but yeah. Go Can ahead. we see maybe a random pairing of three guys from the H and H group? Oh face? yeah, yeah, right on. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was just well, yeah, but, I'm, but again, I'm thinking like I said. I think I'm thinking they they wanted somebody who wasn't going to be there long term. Fair enough. So probably somebody from a different territory. Well, I'm sure they could have got, you know, talked to somebody. Some yeah, people from Georgia, mid south, whatever. They got to. They're in the NWA. They got to work in a relationship with um, all the big places around the country. This is their big show. Someone's gonna come in because this is gonna be their biggest payday of the year. So yeah, well, yeah Flair was in. So yeah, get a couple people yeah. from Carolina or from yeah, Minnesota Flair, or something. Yep, Flair could have brought three guys with him. I'm sure, but you know, yeah. But anyway, let's get back to the match, Beverly. Sorry, yeah, um, yeah. And Terry comes in, and I thought Terry looked great. He's obviously at a whole 
you know, 40,000 levels better than Ben Sharp. Um, he had an awesome delayed vertical suplex on him. Which only got a two count, which broke my heart. <laughs> it looked really good. I liked that one. Um, and he brought then he brought in Hayes, who hit a, a slam and a flying flying elbow. Really good flying elbow. What did you think about that one? It's not a macho flying elbow. No, he kind of like... It was, it was even kind of like a flop, and then he elbowed like on him. I guess it was a CM Punk and an elbow drop. A little bit, a little bit. Um, okay. Which I'm not going to argue with. <laughs> okay. So now the real Tom Steele came in, um, and I could tell, and I hope you could tell too, that Bill Mercer was like, oh, crap. Because yeah, he's like talking. He's like talking and he's like tags in and then it's like <laughs> Yeah, because I think that's right around the time when I figured out when <laughs> I was confused too. Yeah, well but to be fair, you aren't there and you haven't talked to these guys. Yeah. So yes, I I at this point I wrote yeah, Mercer's able to decipher that this is Tom Steele. I it's just like silence and then he's like Steel in the ring. <laughs> like, he wants us to forget that he had been calling Mike Sharp Tom Steele. I am think, I just had the thought, what would it have been like if Bill Mercer and Jesse Ventura did, were at the announcer's table together? Uh, Jesse Ventura would have just been smacking him down the whole time, just like he did to Gorilla. Come on, Bill Mercer. Get it correct, <laughs> Daddy-O. Yeah. Um, so David came in, uh, did a pile driver. Did you did you catch what Mercer called that pile driver, by the way? No, I didn't. Atomic drop. <laughs> two I can't completely think of different two moves. moves that are more different. <laughs> did you catch, I think it was probably right, right around the same time that well, I guess right around the rear chin lock spot. Did you hear what the crowd was chanting? Uh, I think we're late. I think you're a lot later than I am. Okay, well, I'll, I'll talk about that when we get to there. Sorry about <laughs> All right. that. No, that's okay. That's okay. Because, yeah, I I don't know. I could, like, type it to you, but... <laughs> yeah, please, please continue, Beverly. Okay. Um. Yeah, so PS comes back in. Uh, he took. He takes over on Mike. Mike gets bounced between the three faces. Boom, 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 boom between all of them. Um, Sharp tries to stall, uh, wanting Michael to shake his hand. <laughs> yes, I, I didn't write down the heel. Well, because yeah, I was confused on who was who. I put heel wants to shake the hand of hand, and Hayes attacks him. <laughs> and he was just like growing impatient. Hayes is just like, and then he runs at him and beats him up. I would be too. Like, I don't want to shake your hand if I'm facing you, dude. So does the does the chant you were talking about, does it have to do with when David has some type of wrench and he was hitting the ring post? No. I guess okay. the chant, chant I was referring to was, okay. I assume Hayes was in the rear chin lock. Was, yeah. I thought it was selling it pretty, pretty decent when the crowd was chanting, Go, Hayes, go! Go, Hayes, go! <laughs> yeah. Well, that is laugh. actually the same time yeah. because we have David who found some sort of, I don't know, some sort of, like, wrench, and he's hitting the ring post, and he's going... Well, that's, that's, that was <laughs> right around the same time. Yeah. I'd probably try to get the crowd to, crowd to cheer with him. 
<laughs> but I'm just questioning, where did David get a freaking wrench? Why do you have a wrench? Maybe he pulled it out of his tights. I don't know. Ping, ping, ping is what you hear. I don't know. It's just so random. It's so weird to me. Um, yeah. And <laughs> Welcome to Dallas, Gorilla. I guess. I don't know. So he got locked in that chin lock. Mike Sharp came in and um, picked him up in a bear hug and pulls him tight. Um, oh, shoot. Bill had a really random another one. He's He's like, Sharp is hugging the daylights out of Michael. <laughs> no, I, I mean, am. No, I am wishing that. Hugged, uh, I'm sorry, Dudley. What was so that? Hard. I said I can think of worse things than them be hug the daylights out of me. Fair enough. I guess I was, I was thinking I wish Ventura would have been with Mercer in this time because I would have <laughs> loved to hear what Ventura would have had to say to that. Right on. And also at this time. I literally like lost lost it because guess who I see in the crowd? My favorite red man. I'm excited to reunion arena. I am happy that you were be you had your reunion with him, Daddy O. <laughs> and he's wearing the same clothes. I love that he's wearing the same clothes that he wore like a week earlier to the matches. He comes to reunion arena wearing the same stuff. He wants to be. He wants so. to have a reunion with the world class championship wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So Michael's able able to get out of the bear hug with a elbow to the top of the head. Um. Yeah. This is when this is when Mercer goes. Mike used up all his energy hugging the daylights out of Michael. <laughs> Hugger. Oh, I'm hugging you so hard, buddy. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> Gordy keeps uh, pushing the interference out of the way, which I liked. He doesn't like ever break up the move that Michael's in, which I think is kind of a good touch because he's not interfering. You know, he's not like stopping the match from happening, which would be kind of a heel move. He's just knocking out the interference, right? Yes. And uh, this is also when Mercer keeps calling the sleeper hold the sleep hold, which I think is funny. <laughs> At times, I feel like I, I might go to sleep because of Mercer. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, okay, you want you got any other notes? Otherwise, then when I head to the finish here, go to the finish, Jack. Okay, so we got everybody uh, kind of in the ring at one time. Uh, yeah, I agreed with you as you kind of alluded to. There are two refs, but no one's clearing the ring. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like watching all six guys brawl. Yeah, because I, I was um, getting fr- I was getting frustrated with that. Like, yeah, there's two referees. Why couldn't you guys try to clear out the illegal dudes? Right on. Yep. Um, but in the midst of all that craziness, David is able to hit a running high knee on Mike Sharp uh, for the cover and the pin. New take team champions. Hayes, Gordian, and David. Beverly you got Hills. it. What's your rating of this one? You might be surprised at this, Jack. Okay. I rated this match two and three, four stars. Okay, I'm not as high on this match as you. I just rated this two mat- two stars. Um, I thought it was pretty sloppy at times, um, but it did tell a good story with the uh, Freebirds and David working together to be the first six-man champions. Because I felt like, you know, this being in a bigger stadium, I guess, bigger arena, and the crowd being wild and 
the Freebirds being crazy and David being crazy with them, I feel like they brought this match up a lot better than I feel like most of the matches we've seen so far down here in Dallas. Right on. And I was I was very entertained. Granted, Mercer got me confused on who the guys were, <laughs> but at least I knew who the faces were and all that, and so I knew half the guys. And I just I guess I yeah, I was into the match and I enjoyed it. And it, there wasn't that many spots in this match that pissed me off like the last few weeks. <laughs> okay. So then we go to a promo outside the ring. Which, which the, yeah, I wanted, wanted to mention, I find it very, very funny when Mercer was interviewing David, seeing Hayes and Gordy hugging each other a lot. <laughs> I thought this was a tremendous promo when you put it in the midst of the story. Yeah. Um, because David is talking a lot about the brotherhood of the Freebirds, right? You know, he's saying that this is like my brother. If you stepped in, which I know you would, because you guys are good guys, you're, you know, upstanding men. Um, I know, I know that you would do this for me. So I'm going to give my title up for your brother for, you know, buddy. Which to me uh, puts over the, the Von Erichs, are I guess sacrificial uh, compared to the Freebirds. They're, yeah, that they're yeah that they're selfless that yeah. they're willing to give up of themselves. Yep. Yeah, unlike the Freebirds who we'll see next week are selfish. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I want to see if you notice this, Beverly Hills. Okay, you know I mentioned earlier that Hayes and Gordy seem like we're hugging each other a lot. You know, they're super excited that they just won the tag titles. It's like once in a while Hayes would walk over to David when he was being interviewed and it looked like Hayes wanted to give him a, a hug but didn't <laughs> well I think yeah I think it's because David was still talking it, yeah I agree he, he like would walk over to him and then he would like turn around <laughs> yeah because I didn't notice too that Hayes you know well yeah Hayes was not even interviewed during this part and at times towards the end when Gordy was finishing up talking Hayes seemed kind of either confused or frustrated that he didn't talk and and all that fun stuff. Well, yeah, I did a little bit. Um, and well, at the end of the interview, Mercer does go, Michael. And then as Hayes turns away, he's like, there they are. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, so it did seem like Mercer was going to ask him a question. Yeah. yeah, they just walked off. Yeah. But yeah, so Beverly, let's go. Let's take a quick commercial break. Just like coming up. Rules and regulations. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. So, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You boys a bit bored? Step into it! Step into a Slim Jim! Turn to the spice! Make me just a taste! Hey, nice! And tea! Step into it! It takes a lot to be the man. If you need to brush up on your styling and profiling, even your knife hand chop, then you might be university material. But if you think you're ready for the right now, then check out the two scratch-off game from the North Carolina Education Lottery. That's enough to make anyone say, woo! Come on! Woo! And again! Woo! 
one cares about rules and regulations. Come on, Beverly. Are you saying that rules and regulations are boring? Yes. Well, Get us back commercial. As I say, if you feel like rules and regulations are boring, unlike I like that commercial break. I like our sponsors. They aren't boring. Neither are we, Beverly Hills. Oh, man, I'm fired up. We got the rules and regulations. David Manning's here, and he's wearing a leisure suit. As I say, uh, during that commercial break, Beverly Hills and I went over the rules and regulations with David Manning, and as you guys hear, Beverly Hills is frustrated and worked up. (laughs) No, I love it. I'm only worked up because the PowerPoint slide says, coming up, rules and regulations, like someone would care. Or like, oh man, better not turn away during the commercials. Rules and regulations are coming up. And like I mentioned earlier, Beverly Hills, before we go into the rules, I felt like this match was a total nonstop action wrestling kind of match. Little bit, little bit, because we need a whole rules and regulations segment. Okay. But I do like that they're willing to do that instead of just like putting it on the screen or just like stating it while the match is going on. I appreciate that they're willing to, to you know, put a whole three minute segment on just talking about the rules. Yeah. I'm with. Yeah. When, when you're drinking, I'll explain the rules because, yeah, I took a lot of notes for this. Mercer is backstage with David Manning. It seems like the head official, and he explained that the rules. Of this battle royal, there's submission, yes. pinfall, or traditional over-the-top rope rules. And when yes. there's three wrestlers left, the, the battle royal will be stopped. The cash will be, or the check will be put on top of the pole. Whoever is able to climb up and secure that paycheck wins. Yep, I the only one funny thing that David kind of like <clears throat> messed up a little bit is he was like. There's going to be 16 or 18 men. <laughs> I just, you know, when we think about some things and we think about like rules and regulations, which, you know, everybody loves, right? Rules and regulations. Yeah. When we talk about like the Royal Rumble, you know how many people are going to be in it? It's going to be 30 or 40, depending on the year. It's not going to be. Oh, yeah, right on, right on the first one. But. You're not going to, oh, yeah, you're not going to be, like, randomly, like... It's 30 or 40, I don't know. Well, like, there's 22, 29, however many come out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I wish they would have um, firmed up the number. But as we see, Bill Mercer, again, falling off on his job, he doesn't even know how many people are in it. He keeps saying 18. There's actually 15. So David wasn't even right. Okay. Well, X, I didn't... I did try to, uh, after each guy got introduced, I did pause it and write down the names. Okay, what, so you got it in order, so do I. But you okay, can well, it. I can try. Well, I got a for you first. Okay. Yeah, then we get another st- still shot, you know, a PowerPoint slide, my favorite. That, you know, well, I guess we see the crowd, then we get a PowerPoint saying, next, $10,000, winner takes all. <laughs> And let's, right Beverly Hills, help me with the names if I get them wrong. Let's see if I got all the names correct. I got a question for you. Phil. Yes. Okay. Um, so you looked at the, the stats and all that, so I'm sure you know this already. But did you see where this card went on, uh, where this match went on the card? Yes. Yeah. After the NWA title match. Right on. This is the main event of the evening, which is why this was when I thought you would crack it open. But uh, it's okay if you did it. 
But, but in the uh, yeah, World Class Championship Info website that I mentioned in previous, webs- or previous yeah. weeks, they did not list who all were in the ring, though. Oh, They okay. just listed who the winner was. Oh, okay. Which, all right. which I was you kind of frustrated to, you about. You need to start using ProWrestlingHistory.com. Okay, I'll, I will. It's, it's good stuff. Okay. okay. So, let's see if I got these. Announced. Let's see if I got these names right. You got Do everybody it. correct. The yeah. spoiler. Okay. Checkmate. You got it. Captain Frank Dusick. Okay. Ben Sharp. Yep. Tom Steele. Mm-hmm. Our favorite King Kong Bundy. Yes. Bill Irwin. Wild Bill Irwin. Mike Sharp. <laughs> Ken Mantell. Bugsy McGraw. Albert. Alberto Madrill. Yep, Alberto Madrill. Jose Lothario. Yep. David Von Erich. Brian Adias. Yep. And Magic Dragon. Okay. Right now, did he say Magic Dragon? For some reason I feel it I don't I didn't catch that. I don't one. think I don't think so. Okay. Um also so perfect. You got it. you nailed that. Good. But I win. Funny for me, when he was announcing he, so he goes, spoiler. Then he goes, Tom, the checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's funny. He was going to say Tom Steele, but he just randomly goes, Tom, and then keeps going. Good job. I'm proud of you. I even had to, I even stopped the tape, rolled it back because I thought I missed it. I thought I missed the last name, but no, he just said Tom. I love it. Talk about loving things, Beverly Hills. Did you notice? Can't come buddy's attire for this night. <laughs> so strange. I'll so talk about I'll, I'll talk about this. Since last week, I think it was last week or within the last two weeks that we were two talking about ago. yeah, King Kong Bunny wore his, you know, his normal singlet and white boots. But yeah. this week looked like his the what he was wearing looks very similar to Bret Hart's tights, but all black. <laughs> yeah. Instead instead of wearing like the singlet with trunks, he's wearing a singlet with tights. Yeah, it is all black and he still has his white boots. Yeah, he looked weird. He did not look good in the, in this get up he has on. Well when I saw that I automatically thought about you, Beverly, like I wonder how much Beverly Hills is gonna hate on this. I, I didn't at all. I'm not hating it at all because he did look weird. But I was thinking just those white boots look ridiculous with <laughs> the black tights and trunks and all that. Like, I had to laugh. Like, Kink on Bundy, if I would become a professional wrestler, I would base my tire <laughs> off of your 82 awesome. world class run. Awesome. All right. So, let's get into this match, Beverly Hills. All right. Because I did not take that many notes on the Battle Royal because, yeah, I really I was, was confused on who was who. It's fast and furious, brother. So. First half, before it even starts, you can hear my least favorite wrestler, Bugs McGraw, being annoying. And you can like, hear him just being, uh-huh, 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 in the background, and it's so annoying. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, Bill mentions that David Manning has a $10,000 check. <laughs> um, to start out, so Irwin and Captain Frank work on Mantel. But then randomly, Captain Frank punched Irwin. Um, at this point, we have a lot of standing around. Uh, David, uh, going off of actually their match earlier in the night, he finds Bundy and puts the claw on him. Um, 
but David is the first one dumped out. And well, it's so I'll get this correct. David had two matches before this, right? Yeah. So the t- the tag title match that we or discussed. No, no. Who faced Bundy in the match? It might have been Kevin. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. I apologize. Kevin faced Bundy earlier. So David only had one match. Okay. I wanted to double check to make sure I was yep. correct. No, good job. Yeah, you're right. So David, yeah, he had the clan Bundy, but then he is actually the first one out by Mike Sharp. So big rub for Mike Sharp. Okay. Um, Bugsy almost dumps Tom Steele, but he's able to roll back in. Uh, at this time, we see that there's a four-man pin on Bundy. Yes, but, I, did um, t- I did take note about this. Yeah, like yeah. They tried to hogpile Bundy. Right on. But the referee couldn't get there in time. Oh, they're so slow. Which, I, which made I, me laugh. I think it's David, but it made me think that Bronco was in there because they were going so slow. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense since you know, there's so many guys in the way. How yeah. can the referee try to slide in and make the count? It's true. Fair enough. So, a uh, short time after that, Bundy is the second one out by a dropkick by Bugsy McGraw. Kind of kicks him in the back. Yeah. Not pleased. Um, oh, but then again, how could Key Kong Bundy climb that pole? Yeah, right on. Good call. And, Good call. And I'm surprised you didn't take note about this, Beverly Hills. Okay. Yeah. Before the match started, okay. David Von Erich climbed up to the top row. Yeah. And kind of. I think it kind of size up the the how high the pole is. Yes, uh-huh. Yep, which, I did which, see that. Which made me laugh. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know if I really love that um, because this way. You don't – I don't think you want to show how easy it is. Like, True, doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't it kill the gimmick a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Right away, before it even starts, somebody's like, I can do this. Dun, 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 dun. I'm at the top. Yeah. You know? Well, we, we will discuss more about this after the Battle Royal match ends. So, Oh, okay. C- okay. Continue. All right. Um, at this point, it gets really fast and furious with the um, uh, dumps here. So uh, Ben Sharp is pinned by spoiler after a big slam. Uh, right after that, both Jose Lothario and Checkmate go over at the same time, eliminating each other. Um, Captain Frank is eliminated by Mantel. And then nearly at the same time, spoiler is eliminated by somebody that I didn't catch. It's, it's okay, Beverly Hills. Okay. Um, Irwin is eliminated by Bugsy with the clothesline. And then again, because he's the worst wrestler on the planet, Bugsy runs across the ring basically jumps out of the ring and then Mike Sharp has to like chase him to make it look like he's not just an idiot and he just like pushes him over but Bugsy's already like 90% of the way out because Bugsy is an idiot and then to add on to Bugsy's idiocy he's a bad sport and starts clawing and punching Mike Sharp's back uh, (laughs) when he's out of the ring (laughs) thinking of it what kind of character was Bugsy supposed to be I don't know, um, like Eugene, okay. a little bit. Okay, that's like, what I kind of thought. That's my, that's my interpretation of it. Okay, that's why I kind of okay. thought, too, but I really didn't want to say it. Think a little bit like the Jimmy Valley, like the Boogie Woogie Man. Okay. He's obviously got a little dusty in him. Um, yeah. Okay. I think Mighty Igor, have you ever seen anything by him? No. 
with Mighty Igor. They're they're kind of the Eugene okay. character too. Because I know I I guess I did take note uh, that uh, Dragon tries to body some ideas. Yeah, and Diaz rolls so him cool. up into a small package, eliminates him by pinfall, which I thought was a very looks very smooth and crisp, and I really liked how that looked. That was one of my favorite moments in the match, actually. Yep, that was a good one. Um, the next two come quick. Madrill throws out Tom Steele, uh, but Sharp comes up behind Madrill and pushes him out. So now we got our final three. Who are they? Ken Mantell. Ari, Iron Mark Sharp. Mike Sharp. And Tom Steele. No, Brian Diaz. Yes. Yes. Because, well, obviously, I was confused on who was who. That's okay. Sorry. I swore Mantel looked like one of the guys who competed in the match before. It, It is unfortunate that Ken Mantel and Tom Steele are wearing nearly identical clothes, they have the same hairstyle. Um, the only difference is that Tom Steele has a beard, but from behind you cannot see the beard. So I fault you not for thinking that Tom Steele was in it. Because uh, that's probably why I wrote down that Tom Steele is right. in it. Right on. But yeah, they go to a commercial break and come back and look like they did not actually go to a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. I, this is what part I want to talk about. Okay. David Manning climbs up the pole rather quickly oh. and easily, which yes. made me laugh seeing him climb up the pole, put the check up there, and climb down. Because I did not realize that the check wasn't up there until I saw David Manning coming down. You know, I couldn't we have like reeled it up by something or made it yeah again not look so easy to do it because <laughs> then when you got these guys kind of struggling uh they look like idiots because i've seen uh david von eric do it i've seen david manning do it yeah <laughs> why can't you do it i guess in instance david von eric was sitting on top of the, on top rope kind of reaching up and one could argue that david manning was fresh and all yeah. that. That's why he was able to climb up it. It was wearing pants, which is why he was able to climb up it easily. But also, he's the ref. Yes. <laughs> you so. know. Okay. So Sharp tries to go up first, as you know, as the heel, he tries to get the jump on the faces. Um, tries to go up first, but they stop him. Um, now, you know, as they're pulled down, Adias tries to jump up, um, but the other two stop him. Uh, Mantel is thrown over the top, but not onto the floor. Uh, Mercer again fails and says that he got thrown out. But I was to uh, say, this wasn't the Battle Royal rules anymore, though. This I was, think it is, actually. Oh, was it? Because then, cause then right after that, when we go to the finish, Sharp does throw Adias out. Okay. But as he's doing so, Mantel's able to shimmy up to the top, kick off Sharp a little bit, and get that big old check unclipped. Yeah. Then after the match, Ken walks around the ring, showing off his check, which I was kind of cautious about because if I was a fan and that was a real check, I would have tried grabbing it, if not trying to rip it apart. But that would have yeah, been me, but, though. But most of the fans were leaving. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Like, they were all running away, it almost seemed like. So I don't know if you would as Ken want to like go out and show 
the crowd because there's like no one there. Yeah. Oh. As soon as the bell rang, rang, they were jetting for the exits. So yeah, then uh, and I feel like, especially what you mentioned before, that this match went on after the NWA title cage match. I'm happy that Mercer did not even talk about that match. Yeah. No, I just sense your plan. If your plan was to do this on a different show, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm happy yeah, he didn't even talk about that since this match came after that, right? And then, yeah, then Ken, I feel like yeah, he was being silly since I also find it silly that he was walking around with his check in his hand, like you said that you know showing off the fans weren't there. That like you said that one of the fans could have grabbed it out of his hands and all that. <laughs> then he walked. Then he walked over to Mercer and was interviewed. And he said, what a Christmas present about, you know, winning this check and how he was talking about this will help out with his family and him and help pay the bills and all that good stuff. And he can't believe that he got it. Neither can I. Isn't it classic, like, booker behavior? Like, the nasty bookers that we hear of, right? It's the biggest show they've ever ran, right? Or up to this point, you got the world champion on it. You have this huge heel turn with the Michael Hayes, one of the biggest of all time. But who's the last guy on the show? Oh, Ken Mantell. No, <laughs> I just think that's – I can't believe people are like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, you can be last, Ken Mantell. Which I don't know why they didn't put the NWA title last. I don't know. I mean, there's the thought that you want a good guy being the last winner. Fair enough, Fair enough yeah. There's that thought. Fans go home happy. But yeah, makes sense, brother, brother, brother. <laughs> yeah. But I said that, yeah, well, I mentioned that, Ken mentioned that times are bad and this money will help his family and him. Yeah. Then the fan, yeah, like I noted, like you mentioned, fans seem to be filing out rather fast. Right. Yes, they were. Then Mercer closes the show and Beverly. Yeah. Did you notice, did you spot the old man in the farmer hat? Staring into the camera behind Bill Mercer. Was it my guy? Was it the red guy? Uh, he looked like, uh, well, you know what? I actually took a still shot of that on my phone. Ooh, I'm excited. Let me pull it up, and I can kind of, I can help try to describe him. And for this show, I will, at least on the website, put this, put this as a, uh, put, put the, for the screenshot. <laughs> it was, well, he wasn't wearing red. Oh, okay, then it's not my man. Not okay. my friend. Yeah, because it was... His, he was wearing like a white hat. The bill looked like bluish green. Okay. He was wearing like looked like a button up blue shirt, and it looked like a darker blue jacket on top of that. Okay. And yeah, that yeah he, he was you know standing, standing right behind Mercer on the left part of the screen. There's other people on the other side of the ring, you know, kind of watching Mercer close out the show. And I'm like, oh, I thought that was unique since. We don't see that nowadays. In the shows we've watched, we don't see that. But just like one guy to the left of the screen over Mercer's right shoulder, I feel like he just looked like a creeper to me. <laughs> Funny. Well, that's just me. So Beverly Hills, nice. let's take a quick timeout. And up next, our top five, our jobber, and our main event star coming up. Next. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Tom Steimer's Truck Center, Bradenton, Florida. All over the world, people are talking about one thing. Tom Steimer's trucks, 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 all over the world. 
Dusty, you hear it, you wrestle all over the world. You know, a lot of people say when you do them commercial with Tom Stimers, his trucks, number one brain in Florida, is anybody watching? There must be 15,000 people behind them cameras right here today watching this program because Tom Stimers is number one in trucks, is number one in cars, is number one with Dusty Rose. Your Olympic hero has arrived. It's true, it's true. Hey, think die, kid. You people have to be honored to have a man of intensity, integrity, and intelligence among you. Yes, I'd like a room, please. Sorry, no vacancies. Oh, that's okay. I'll take theirs. Ah, here come my fans. Prepare to lay the SmackDown in the all-new Hell in a Cell or in a high-flying ladder match. WWF SmackDown 2. Know your role for the PlayStation game console. You think you got what it takes, Jabroni? I love this place. Rated T for Teen. Oh, please come on down, Munchie. I need help. Don't worry, missus. I got this. Stand back, please. Fella! How can I ever repay you? Don't mention it. I'll pardon you. 1-800-FELLA. Help is just a broke kick away. Coxie! Come back! Come back! Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the thrilling final installment, uh, the final segment of Main Event Status Radio here. Um, so let's start out with our jobber of the evening. Um, go first, Mr. Dog. You know something, Jack? I was originally going to be to put down the, the old farmer dude behind Mercer's <laughs> right shoulder as my jobber. But because he got me confused in the six-man tag title match, my jobber for this week has to be Bill Mercer. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I, like I said during the match, I was confused on who was who for the heels, and Mercer <laughs> only confused me even more. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got a co-jobber this week um, between Bill Mercer and Bugsy McGraw. Probably, yeah, for all the reasons we've mentioned, Bill Mercer made a F up in basically every match. Yeah. Um, he had weird lines. Um, I, just, I just don't like Bill Mercer. And, and Bugsy McGraw, terrible wrestler, just... <laughs> Messing up lots of different things, doing weird stuff, being loud and annoying. Um, he's my jobber wrestler. Bill is my jobber personality. We must well go to the main event status star, Daddy O. Okay, go for it. I was originally going to do the Von uh, David Von Eric and the Freebirds. Okay, but I had to scratch them out and put this guy down. Okay, because of how quick and easy he made it seem. To climb up that pole, David Manning is my awesome. mid-event star. Yes, and I mean, I'll I'll add in uh, for you that great promo. The sixteen or eighteen man, <laughs> and I don't know how often I'll be able to give David Manning a chance to be my mid-event <laughs> status star. And at the first few weeks, to be honest, I was a little hesitant about David David Manning, but. I feel like now David Manning is close and getting close to being my favorite referee alongside Charles Robinson. Wow. Because his hair 
It's rather nice and back in 1982. Oh, it's beautiful, man. All right, my main eventer mm, is going to be. I think I'll go with David Von Erich. Fair enough. He helped out the the Freebirds, his friends. Uh, he's standing on the top rope, <laughs> grabbing <laughs> grabbing the check. Uh, yeah, he's my he's my uh, main eventer of the evening. I find it funny, Beverly, that our main event status stars for this evening. Both names start with David. David and David. Maybe they could be the D and D connection. <laughs> D and D Incorporation. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, top five list, Beverly Hills. Oh, before we do, let's do a normal segment: the the per, Dirty oh. Dog Pearl Hubbard's Beverly Hills segment. Okay, I almost forgot about this Beverly Hills. Okay, so let's talk about what works and what doesn't. What works and what doesn't work from what we watched to today's wrestling. Okay, what's one, your what's your thing? I guess one I wanted to bring up was the, the main event of the night, the battle royal pole match. Do you feel like that would work or could work nowadays? What a battle royal pole match? Yes. No, I don't. I why, think pull matches not? are dumb. I think because I think pull matches are stupid. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it in our top five. Okay, you sell like <laughs> you sell like Brent Alvarez from WrestlingObserver dot com. So why? Because he hate pull pull matches as well. He finds it to be nineties and stupid. I think you know I don't like them because oh gosh, I don't know. I feel like pole matches are too much of a jungle gym competition. Fair enough, yeah. It's just like who can climb the pole. Um, ladder matches, though similar in concept, you know, a ch- uh, you know, reaching something that is suspended. Climbing a ladder is a hell of a lot easier than climbing a pole. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've seen big wrestlers win ladder matches who I would highly doubt could win a pole match. (laughs) Um, I guess depending on the height of the pole, but um, I just, I don't know. I don't see the use of them. Um, They're dumb. Don't like them. And and I mean, they have the Russo stink on them. You don't really want to use it because it's going to be labeled Russo. And I know I've talked about, uh, the the single play by play man doing call their note or doing it by himself nowadays, but let's do something different about this. Let's do a twist, Beverly Hills. Okay, twist it up. Could Bill Mercer be a good play by play man in 2014? In in the WWE? Um, no, I don't know. Why not? I'll just say it, just no. Um, because. His, I think, what made him good was his relationship to the Von Ericks and his relationship to the Texas scene. I think he just gained um, like cachet through that. Um, he's not good, and uh, so moving him to the national scene wouldn't work. No, out. no, I, I think you know, and I think he is only good. Um, through a non-objective eye and you know if you grew up with him or if you were familiar with him so oh so okay so growing up with him and you feel like for a territory level he's fine uh yeah 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 
Why you guys kind of? And it's not to discount the Texas territory because it was a big territory and it was it had some amazing matches and and uh, angles. So okay, well, I, I guess I don't want to downplay that, but okay, I guess to in ways flip that around. Do you think Michael Cole could do what Bill Mercer did? Uh, do it by himself? He'd do it by himself. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like the single play-by-play person. I think they just end up talking too much. <laughs> okay, I guess we might as well talk about, talk about it then. I guess they're the single announcer. Then, you know, you, you don't think, I don't know, we talked about it, you know, with Bill Murch, we talked about with Joey Styles and ECW. You feel like it will not work in 2014? Correct. I I think that especially in today's WWE, the announcers are tasked with so much and doing so much in um, play-by-play, in getting over the wrestler's characters. Yeah, plugging social media and in, all that yep, now. Yep, that's what I was, the next thing I was going to say. Yep, plugging uh, different things that uh, it'd be just too much. Um, you know, and like... In, in ECW, Joey Styles basically just does play-by-play. You know, oh. he's not doing a lot of character work. He's not doing a lot of, um, you know, plugging or shilling. So, uh, and, you know, I know that that's not what WWE would want. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not for it. Yeah, one, one more, then we can do our top five. All right. Do you feel like the six-man take team titles could work in professional wrestling nowadays, uh, sure, you just got to build up enough uh, three man groups. Um, but you know, you know, anything can work if you put your strength behind it. Um, but WWE's proven they don't even want to put their strength behind a two man tag yeah. team division, let alone a three man. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, that WWE's tag team division is very lackluster at best nowadays. So. I thought they would have to build that up to before they could even do anything with a six man tag title belt. Yep. They could okay. I mean they could have for a minute when they had the shield, um, they had authority, they yeah, had Wyatt's. Yeah. Wyatt's. They I mean they could have at that point, but that would have been a quick, you know quick that thing, was a yeah. quick glimpse, yeah. Yeah. So we might as well do the top five list for this week and you and I talked about it off air and we both agreed that, well, I guess this is my idea, that we agreed to the top five silly gimmick matches because of what we saw in the main event. You got it. Being, you know, the Battle Royal pull match. Yes. And I'll start it out, Beverly Hills. Okay. My number five is a wrestling's version of a boxing match, or if you guys listened to the What a Maneuver episode I, I was on a few weeks back, the a Tough Man match. Oh, Okay. Where, you know, the two professional wrestlers would try to box. Or, I guess, like we saw in WWF In Your House, Degeneration X, Brittany and Butterbeam, having tried to box with, with Marvelous Mark Merrill, or like at WrestleMania 2, Mr. T and Roddy Piper try to box each other out. I feel like in professional wrestling, that doesn't work. Yeah, I agree. It's, your- it's tough because just that's not what they're trained to do if you're trying to make wrestlers act like boxers 
Um, and then there's just that kind of like weird, is it okay? You know, is it okay to do wrestling moves? Is it not? Whatever, whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, my number five is from Halloween Havoc 91, the Chamber of Horrors match. Oh, yeah. Well, I, didn't, I totally forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> so silly. The Chair of Torture, which was an electric chair in the middle of the ring. Um, <laughs> you have to go up and flip the fatal lever. <laughs> so silly. It just, I don't know. And I mean, like, it wasn't even that bad of a match, but once you have to start, like, getting in this... Something, chair of torture. Oh, yeah. well, that's so bad. I and I mean, like, I'll I'll kind of get into that with the rest of these. You know, trying to reinvent the wheel yeah. is where you kind of mess up. I mean, you got the big cage, you got the whatever, like the kind of Hell in a Cell type cage. Uh, just go with that. You don't need to uh, try to be too cute. My number four was a main event tonight. The pole oh, okay. battle royal. I just okay. find that to be very, very silly. Right. And like, like you mentioned, you know, David Von Erich pretty much kind of you know killed it right away. You know, sitting on the top, on the top rope and reaching up, and David Manning, you know, scooting himself up the top of the pole to put the check up there. When there's the th- just three guys left, I find that to be very silly. <laughs> All right. My number four is uh, from the dying days of WCW, the uh, San Francisco 49er match. <laughs> I laugh because the old school wrestling podcast you know, covered that. Uh, oh, did they? Me, or at least, yeah, I think oh, it's been probably a long time ago now, but okay. I know they at least they did one of the match one of the one of those matches on from Nitro on the yeah. podcast a while back. Right on, yeah, it's four poles so <laughs> lots of poles each pole had a box in it and uh you won by guessing right and getting the box that had the title in it how dumb is that because i think was that like the jeff jeffers booker t match you're thinking about yes. yeah because yep. that, that would have been the episode that old school wrestling podcast talked about and i think in one of the boxes or something there was a, like a blow-up doll there was a blow-up doll there was a picture of Scott Hall in one of them. Um, yeah, so stupid. Yeah, which I wish I would have thought about that one too, Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, talk about dying days, Daddy-O. My okay. number three is from TNA Wrestling. Okay. Impact Wrestling is the Reverse Battle Royal. Okay. Where to get el- el- eligible for the match, let's say there's 20 guys outside the ring. Yeah. And you got to get into the ring to be eligible for the match. And I think let's say if it's 20 guys outside, let's say only 12 can be in the ring. They want yeah, there's 12. some arbitrary number, yeah. And let's say if 12 get in the ring, then it's a regular battle royal. And I find that to be absolutely silly. Like, that's just stupid. Like, why even do something yeah. like that? Oh, I know. That's just bad. It's TNA. It's Vince Russo. Whatever. <laughs> Okay, my number three is also from TNA. It is the TNA Last Rights match, <laughs> which was between Sting and Abyss. You had to put your 
opponent into a casket and then raise it to the sky whilst some light was shining down as if from above. Oh my God, that match sucks so much. (laughs) And it's so dumb. Just, it's so dumb. Like why? I mean, like casket matches are silly in concept, but it's really not that bad because all you got to, you know, it's, it's just going to put them in the casket and close the door. Yep. Put your, put them in the casket, close the door. That's it. That's not even that dumb. It doesn't even have to be a casket. It could be just called like a cage, whatever, tiny cage match. You can lock him in the tiny cage and you shut the door. Or like uh, WWE did a last ride match or whatever. I think it was, that's what's called Undertaker and JBL oh, back in all four. Yeah, Put them in the hearse and close the door. Yeah, that yeah, those are yeah, that's ambulance matches. That's a classic too. Um, but when you add in dumb things like raising it to heaven and all kinds of crap like that, that's when it gets stupid. Talked about stupid things, Beverly Hills. All right. Another match from World Championship Wrestling. Okay. It was WCW Tag Team Champion, The Giant, versus WCW Tag Team Champion, Stin, for control of the tag team titles. Okay. I feel, feel, well, I guess it was understandable from, what I can recall from the storyline, that both of them were, I think, WCW guys, and then the Giant joined up with NWO Black and White, and Stan joined up with NWO Wolfpack. Oh, okay. So they're on opposing teams, so they fought each other to win control of the tag team titles for if the Giant won, Giant could pick whose new tag team champion partner is. And if Stan won, Stan could pick whose new tag team champion partner was. I just find it silly that the tag team champions are facing each other for control of the tag team titles. Yeah, I think that's been done a lot, actually, over the years in many different places. But I agree with you that it's silly in concept. Well, sure. at least, you know, the what I've seen, at least, at least on the national stage, at least that hasn't been done that often, so I really can't complain too much. Right on. But I feel like, you know, the tag team titles being defended in the singles match is silly. Okay. And all and all that, and I guess I find it f- silly that singles titles being defended in a tag team match is also silly. <laughs> sure. So I guess I'll tie that in with my number two. Okay. All right. My number two is the aforementioned TNA Reverse Battle Royal. Um, I think it's stupid in concept. I uh, just hate the battling into the ring. It seems stupid because it's like I don't know, just like holding someone back is not like a skill like just holding on to someone (laughs) like throwing someone over the top that requires something that requires strength it requires you know some use of momentum just like holding someone because then what do you do you're gonna like throw them back and then you get in i don't know it's dumb it's stupid i i hate that match talk about things that are stupid and dumb beverly hills my number one (laughs) is judy bagel on a pole match I can't believe I forgot Judy Bagel on a pole. Because I refuse to participate in a match where any mother is on a pole. (laughs) Because Beverly Hills, you know how close I am with my mom, with Mama Dina. Yes, right. And you know when we talk off air, granted, at times I, you know, I kind of complain about her. But I know I am blessed with an awesome mother. Oh, yeah. Nothing but love to Mama D. And I know at times on the podcast, in a few weeks, within the last few weeks, I mentioned, you know, 
if I ever get, well, Mama D ain't gonna know I'm dating somebody until I tell her, meet me at the church when I'm gonna get married. But I, you know, I cannot complain about my mother because she's an awesome lady. You got it. And I spread that to all mothers all, all oh, yeah. around the world. Much love to the moms. No, no mother should be up on a pole to be, forklift. Yeah, to be what we should run up and try to capture. <laughs> because that's just silly. I'm going to climb up the pole and try to win my mother back. <laughs> or I'm a, or Beverly Hills, you should climb up to try to win my mother. Like, no, nobody should climb up any poles to win anybody's mother. I agree. So Judy Baywell on a pole slash mother on a mother on the pole match is silly in my number one silly gimmick match. <laughs> Good choice. Okay, my number one is dun, 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 the kennel from hell. <laughs> It's so bad. The kettle from hell. <laughs> dogs dumping. It's just so bad. Pissing on the mats, humping each other. Yeah, it's the the concept is flawed to think that the dogs were gonna do anything but that because they're dogs. They're not humans. You know, they're not you can train dogs, but you can't tell them like attack or whatever, especially yeah. because you don't want them to hurt the guys. So um it was just so bad. That was that's really one of the worst matches of all time. Definitely one of the worst gimmick matches of all In time. In ways I kinda like the concept of having to climb out of the first cage to go out the second cage. Yes, I guess I'm fine with that. But I guess I'll bring in the Pujabi prison match that we've seen I think twice in the WWE. Yeah. And yeah, I guess yeah, but like you said, the Kennel from Hell match Right. You would imply that the dogs would attack, but you got to think, yeah, the dogs want to do their natural, natural tendencies, and as a, as the dirty dog, <laughs> yeah. If you put me in with other dogs, I'm gonna do my dirty natural deeds. I'm so would just I don't know the thing of like the cage inside the cage thing. Would it work like to do a lumberjack match? Yeah, I think inside a cage. I I guess. If it means to you gotta get out both cages, I think that could yeah, work. Right. Like you you fight your opponent to get out the first cage. You gotta fight the slumberjacks then to you gotta, get yep, Yeah, then you have to fight like the crew of people. I don't know, maybe like that would be if like a I don't know, it might be too much, but if a uh, heel authority was trying to really stack the odds against the face, they got to get out the regular cage, then they have to fight off a bunch of other guys. I yeah, or I guess, you know, since Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt are fight, fighting nowadays, you know, at Survivor okay. Series you sure. know, th- this weekend, I guess that's say if they would somehow drag it to WrestleMania. I don't, granted, I know this will never happen, but let's have like the yeah, the blue bar cage inside the Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. And let's say throw in guys from the authority, former guys from the Shield, from the Wyatt family, and all that. Then, yeah, whoever wins, whoever gets out of the first cage, has to fight everybody on the outside who hates both guys to get out the second cage. Yeah, you know, for, for example, to kind of use kind of current storylines as into that role to kind of help explain it. Yeah, but I guess that's it, Beverly Hills, for that episode. <laughs> You got it, man. Episode 17, World Class Championship Wrestling, episode 53, from Monday, December 27th, 1982. Beverly Hills, we got one more week down here, Jack. Let's make it worth it. 
And within this next week, I'm going to see if my 1989 Buick Century can travel back to 2014, drive around some to find uh, some special guests, and try to come back to get you, Beverly Hills, to record (laughs) next week's episode. I'll hold down the fort here in Dallas. You go back to 2014. I'll do what I can. And Beverly Hills, for you, this is the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll talk to you guys next time on Main Event Status Radio. Goodbye, sweet Bartha. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. 